That audio in the background is from the Great Balloon launch of last weekend when the WIA tuned into the world and amateur radio got people talking. In this edition of the news for week commencing October 31, and I am Graham, VK4BB, we'll be looking at the closure of the VK7AX packet BBS network, the VK100 WIA and WIA Centenary Award. Today, Sunday, is the final day. Exam fees, the good news. And it's that time of year again when we can order the next call book. All up and coming in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia for week commencing October 31, 2010. WIA Centenary. VK100 WIA and WIA Centenary Award. As I said, today is the final day. The special call sign first went on air in May, with that entire month being rostered to the WIA, and our president, Michael Owen, making the very first contact on the 14th of May. This is VK100WIA. VK100WIA is the special event call sign of the Wireless Institute of Australia to celebrate its centenary. VK100WIA is calling CQ. CQ VK100WIA is listening. Since then, under a system of three-day roster slots, around 50 clubs have activated VK100WIA, working more than 100 DX entities and amassing close to 25,000 contacts. During the week, the Geelong Radio and Electronic Society and Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society did a fine job. Tail end Charlie on the six-month roster, by choice, is the Westlakes Amateur Radio Club, operating from its club rooms in New South Wales on air today. It's also the final day to make qualifying contacts for the limited issue WIA Centenary Award. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In South East Queensland, it can be heard on 438.575, VK4 RSS, IRLP node 6215, every Sunday at 0900 hours local time. I'm Jessica, VK4 FJAR. As we count down towards the end of the WIA centenary, a reminder, tune into the world, Amateur Radio gets people talking. The inaugural public relations event for Amateur Radio in Australia, the WIA National Field Day, occurred right around the country last Saturday, October 23. Well done to the WIA organising committee, the clubs, groups and individual radio amateurs who made it all happen. We'll begin this feature, a coverage, a report from Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, as he describes the activities that occurred in Maribyrnong, Queensland. The team from Maryborough Electronics and Radio Group Incorporated set up a working amateur radio station on the green, also known as Chifley Place, in Adelaide Street, Maryborough. Once again with the support from the WIA, the media material saw the field day mentioned on ABC Local Radio, the Fraser Coast Chronicle and the filming of activities by Channel 7. Some visitors to the area made a point of coming along after seeing the press coverage. One person left with a newly purchased copy of the Foundation Manual. 
The local SES controller visited the merge display and discussed amateur radio support in emergency operations with the amateurs. The merge experience certainly supports the WIA aim of showing amateur radio to the community and this club is looking forward to National Field Day 2011. From the Sunshine State to Melbourne and Melbourne's Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club activated club station VK3ER from the foyer of the Science Works Museum at Spotswood, a science and technology museum very popular with young people and families. The club gained three enrolments for its next foundation licensed training course while also putting many young voices on the amateur airwaves and this included Erin, granddaughter of WIA President Michael Owen VK3KI. The Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Club had around 15 members set up a station at the Eden Hills Primary School Strawberry Fair. The display generated interest in training courses. The member for Davenport, Ian Evans, assisted by club president John Elliott, VK5EMI, went on air to experience amateur radio. In Perth's southern suburbs, the Hills Amateur Radio Group located itself at Wireless Hill Park, a very popular picnic and barbecue spot, and also has a telecommunications museum. A totally solar-powered station set up, it created interest with members of the public stopping by for a chat. At Alveston, Tasmania, the Cradle Coast Amateur Radio Club chose Otto's Grotto, a very popular barbecue site and part of the HMAS Shropshire Park and Naval Memorial Reserve. Strong support was received from eight club members and the day was a huge success. The Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club, Victor Kilo 2, Bravo, Oscar Romeo, was set up under annex of the club's communication caravan in Port Macquarie's Town Green. A great deal of preparation went into ensuring the event presented amateur radio in a most interesting way to the public. Amateur Radio Victoria VK3WI reports that the aims of the day were fully achieved and it provided a learning experience for all. A team of seven set up at Point Jellybrand Coastal Heritage Park at Williamstown and proved that amateur radio does get people talking. In the National Field Day rules, the public category stations gained extra bonus points for having invited government officials attend and a number of clubs achieved that goal. Amateur Radio Victoria had the presence of Marsha Thompson, the member for Footscray and State Minister for Information and Communication Technology. We'll now have a listen to part of her participation, with the first voice being Jim Linton, VK3PC, explaining to Marsha just how to operate that microphone. Like the press button, this one, this one here on the side, yep. and just talk for as long as you want. It's almost like question time in Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah, got, that's got a nice limit on it now. Hi, John, it's Marsha Thompson. How are you? Hello, Marsha. I'm going to speak to you with our amateur radio. Yes, I'm sitting on the foreshore at Ryde. Uh, not the best day for it, but I guess uh, things are similar at uh, Williamstown. So back to you, Marsha, VK3WI, VK3BSP Portable. Hi, John. Yeah, no, it's grey and a bit windy out here. A bit disappointing for this spring weather. I think we would have liked it to have been nice and sunny and have lots of people out here at the at Point Jelly brand, but there's a lot of cars and not many people. <laughs> Over to you, John. 
Yeah, well, you're doing the right thing by the Wallace Institute of Australia anyway in showing up there. They're going to get a photo of you to score points. I've read that in the rules. Nice to talk to you anyway. Thanks for getting on the air. That's um, what it's all about today. Certainly a good radio voice. Uh, a lovely that was so easy to talk to. So uh, thanks again, Mark, at VK3WI. VK3BSD Portable. Oh, thank you very much, John. And, uh, also heard in that audio clip was the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club Secretary John Ross, VK3BJR, at the field day station on the foreshore of Rye Beach. He handled his end of the five-minute long contact with the Minister very well indeed. The Minister certainly found the portable amateur radio station display interesting and stayed to see video of her involvement being beamed all over Melbourne and Geelong via the digital amateur television repeater VK3RTV. Over to the northern suburbs of Adelaide now where the Elizabeth Amateur Radio Club set up a field day station in Salisbury Square. Pedestrian traffic between nearby shops resulted in visitors to the amateur radio station and it was an enjoyable day that helped to put our hobby in the public eye. The Elizabeth Club, along with EMDRC and the Adelaide Hills Club, both mentioned earlier, monitored or made contact with the cross-band voice repeater launched by High Altitude Balloon that day from Mount Barker by Adrian Snell, VK5ZBR, which certainly did generate a lot of interest. What was the payload line-up this time, Terry? Well, we had the regular telemetry payload, uh, which is what we've always used. It's gone through a few revisions, but it's essentially the same thing. Uh, then we had an APRS beacon, which was put together by obviously yourself and Matt, VK5ZM. Uh, we then had the simplex or the control repeater for the team to use. And we also had the talk through crossband repeater, which is what we publicized and everyone uh, used with the National Field Day. Mm. The crossband repeater was made out of two um, X commercial handhelds, which I gutted down to circuit board level and I essentially connected them up back to back. One of the interesting things was I was a bit concerned about the um, payload overheating. So this one, we had a copper heat sink which um, went through the payload housing and out into space. It seemed to work quite well. It did, it did. Even even with that copper uh, heat sink though, we did manage to get some melting of the inside of the payload so it must have got quite warm with the repeater running at almost 100% duty cycle. And the other thing is that it's obvious that there were a few stations that didn't have the correct CTCSS tone. You must use CTCSS tones on these repeaters and if you want to take part in the next missions just um, experiment with your radios and work out how to do that. We'd like to thank all the amateurs that helped, particularly VK5's GH, ZCH, ZBR, UDX, ZKT, ZM, TST, GR, ZAI, OI, ZEA, BB, AH and anybody else that we've forgotten. So until next time, this is Adrian VK5ZSN and Terry VK5VZI. And thanks very much for listening. Many of the clubs have made mention of the WIA press pack and how it helped them gain media coverage. Plus they had praise for the WIA posters and clothing that added the necessary professional look to their displays. There's universal support for the event being repeated, perhaps even annually. A private category portable station, totally battery-powered, was operated by Gail Lyndon-Stanford, VK4ION, and Daniel Aitken, VK4MAX, at Avondale, north of Bundaberg. Now, apparently, Bundy doesn't have a suitable public place to display amateur radio, so Gail set up outdoors at her home QDH. 
That station contributed to the National Field Day while also turning out to be an emergency communications preparedness exercise. There were other private stations involved too. Thank you for all of your support. Now, in closing this feature report on today's VK1 WIA National News Broadcast, highly recommended is a more detailed coverage, plus a magnificent slideshow PowerPoint presentation, which is now available on, wait for it, you've got it, wia.org.au. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in Hobart. It can be heard on 146 700 at 9am Sunday mornings. I'm Jeff, VK7, HAL. I honestly think you ought to sit down calmly, take a stress pill and think things over. WIA and the National News, and it's that time of year again when we can order the next call book. There are financial advantages to clubs and their members. Even small clubs can benefit if they combine with an adjacent friendly club. Once again, the call book comes with a searchable CD and there are bulk prices for clubs. Now, the books are $20 each. It's the post and handling which dwindles away to absolutely free delivery if you order a full box of 25 books. The club's order form is on wia.org.au. Just go to the members area or affiliated club benefits. And please note that the WIA does not apply any restriction on the price that clubs charge their members. You can use it as a fundraiser or a service to your members. It's up to you. Exam fee and the good news. Changes on and after the 1st of December this year, 2010, include a practical assessment taken alone, drops from $67 to $65. A replacement certificate of proficiency drops from $14 to $10. And call sign recommendation level 2, a 3, 4 or 2 letter call sign in any state or territory except New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria, where the individual can select two preferences for a particular call sign shown as an available call sign from the website, that drops from $20.60 down to $20. And call sign recommendation level three, a two-letter call sign in the states of New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria, drops from 48.85 to 48. And call sign recommendation level four, a special event call sign. Now this is a huge saving. A special event call sign drops from an hourly rate of $67.80 to a flat fee of just $25. On the WIA National News, shortly it's off to the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society and the Ipswicher District Radio Society. The Sydney chapter of Model Engineers are in the middle of hosting the 11th Tethered Car World Championships, this at Model Park, Ludnam, this weekend. Tether cars have been raced in VK2 since 1940 and the international event comes to Australia only once in 12 years. This weekend sees 28 international competitors and about 35 Australians from New South Wales and Queensland. The modern tether car weighs under 4 kilograms. They're raced one at a time on a circular concrete track about 20 metres in diameter. And believe it or not, they can reach speeds of more than 340 kilometres per hour. All clubs who participate in the WIA-QBE joint policy, or would like to, the renewal date for insurance is the 1st of April, 2011. Now this may seem a long way ahead but many clubs are going into holiday mode and may not meet again until sometime in February. Now some points to consider before your Christmas break. Has there been a change in office bearers and has the current email address been passed to vk2ara at wia.org.au within the last six months? If not, or doubtful, a brief message will help. 
Who's the best person for Ted VK2 ARA to contact with details about the 2011 renewal and associated paperwork for your club? Your various secretaries should have already heard from Ted, but as he says, and I quote, it's not an easy job communicating with 100 clubs and meeting all the deadlines. So if you are in a position to do so, contact the officials in your club straight after today's news and callbacks and make sure that they have complied with Ted's request. Don't leave it for somebody else to do. Your club may miss the boat. Time to look over the back fence. Now, there is a new internet-based map system covering Australian capital cities and some selected country regions. It's achieved by aerial photography, and there are regular updates of most areas. The resolution of the images is excellent. And as an example, Tim VK2ZTM for Amateur Radio New South Wales says, it is possible to see the wire and the various dipole antennas at VK2WI. Unfortunately, the company involved flew through lots of clouds the day they flew over southeast Queensland. So be prepared to use your imagination as to what lies below the masses of cotton wool covering maybe your QDH. The address? Nearmap. Hello, this is Alan, VK4FABR, with news from the Ipswich and District Radio Club. Last weekend, a special double celebration was held to mark Ipswich's 150th year as a municipality and the centenary of the WIA. Club President Michael, VK4QS, officially welcomed the Mayor, Paul Pasali, and WIA Director Ewan McLeod to the clubhouse, along with a large crowd made up of members and guests. Everyone enjoyed a barbecue lunch, the cutting of a very large chocolate cake, and the presentations, which included the Mayor being made an Honorary Vice-President. A special thanks to those members and friends who helped make the day a huge success. Good morning. Sunday, November the 7th, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society will be holding its annual ham fest. The venue is the Goodwood Community Centre, Rosa Street, Goodwood. Doors open at 9, selling commences from 9.30. $5 entry and $10 a table for sellers. Plenty of commercial vendors in attendance with the usual quality catering by Alara and the North East Radio Club. Peter Wolfenden will present his AGM talk on the history and beginnings of the WIA. Michael Owen and Jeff Atkinson will be present on the day after hosting and all clubs get together on the previous Saturday afternoon. A big weekend in Adelaide for Amateur Radio. This has been David, VK5 Kilo Charlie. Back up in VK4, the Queensland Government's Gambling Community Benefit Fund has been proud to provide $26,000 funding for the Redcliffe and District Radio Club to go towards new repeaters and associated gear. VK7, the closure of the VK7 AX Packet BBS network. After approximately 35 years of operation, Tony VK7 AX has decided to close the Packet Radio BBS, known by the SSID of VK7 AX-6. The decision was not taken lightly, however the time has eventually come, according to Tony, to close the BBS. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. Out here in the flatlands of the Hay Plains, it can be heard on 146.525 MHz with a 123 Hz subtone on IRLP node 6462 at 12.30pm and 6.30pm Sundays. I'm Indy, VK2 X-Ray Bravo.
International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. CISPR to start from scratch on PLT. South Africa's CISPR PLT project team reached the end of their mandate period of five years without producing a useful document which would guarantee the ongoing protection of radio services. This means the work done during the past 10 years has not been fruitful. CISPR will have to start from zero. SARL's Hans van der Groenendal during the past week reviewed the draft regulations that were prepared with the workgroup's input by ICASA. Some minor enhancements were proposed. As part of the regulations, companies intending to install PLT systems have to register all details on a publicly available database. The SARL is keeping a close watch on developments. While South Africa's wishes to have all amateur frequencies notched were not accepted, there's a clear understanding by the vendors of PLT equipment that taking care of notching of amateur frequencies is a prerequisite for a successful network. Irish Science Week 2010 Science Week is being held from the 7th to the 14th of November. Irish clubs have been encouraged to take advantage of the publicity generated by Science Week to promote their activities, perhaps by putting on a special event station or partnering with some other local Science Week project. More details can be found on the website at www.scienceweek.ie. Defending the amateur radio spectrum, everybody's responsibility. The second edition of Spectrum Defence Matters, a newsletter aimed at keeping ARRL members updated on issues relating to the protection of amateur radio frequencies, has just been released on the ARRL website. This newsletter covers both USA domestic and international topics related to the amateur radio spectrum. Now to the RSGB and Jeremy Boot, who has news on impending changes to their 5 MHz beacon chain. During the summer, the 5 MHz Working Group reviewed certain aspects of 5 MHz experiment and agreed a number of changes and improvements. These will be implemented over the next few months. The greatest change is that it's been decided to remove the 0.5 microsecond pulse sequence at the end of each beacon transmission. It's also been decided to build a new beacon for GB3RAL The new design will incorporate a PSK31 transmission in place of the pulse sequence. The design of the other two 5 MHz beacons does not allow this addition. A date for these changes hasn't been set, but it's hoped to complete the changes before the end of the year. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southeast of South Australia and western border districts of Victoria, it's relayed on the four network two-metre repeaters of Mount Gambier, Narracourt, Kingston and Bordertown at 9am each Sunday. This is John, VK5DJ, from the Southeast Radio Group. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Operational News. Awards. LCATS K2UYH has made DXCC on 70 centimetres. Only the third person in the world to do so. LKTUYH writes, I operated the EME contest with the K1JT's team. The highlight this month was, of course, completing 432 DXCC after more than 30 years of trying. DXCC was made possible by JT65 BQSOs on the 5th of October. C0-DK2ZF, DXCC99. And on 18 October, TI2AEB, DXCC100. I had a partial with Armando on the 4th of October TI2AEB and worked PY4AJ. 
During the following two weeks, Armando doubled his array, making QSOs with him relatively easy. I worked the second time on 19 October when his signals peaked to 22 dB. Now to Charlie, VK2ZYZ, sitting at the Q News workbench. I built this simple little receiver one night after reading an article by PA2OHH describing it. The coil is simply 30 turns of 1.5mm wire wrapped around a piece of garden stake with a tap every few turns, a variable capacitor, one resistor, one fixed capacitor, and a 230-volt, 12-volt transformer that's used for impedance matching for the headphones. That's the entire parts list, and none of it's critical. The only active component is an MPF 102 JFET that cost me $1. Everything else is recycled parts from the junk box. Band selection is done by selecting different taps on the coil. The variable cap is used for coarse tuning, and fine tuning is accomplished by slowly moving your hand towards the coil. Shortwave stations are easily tuned in, and single sideband and CW stations require a bit of a steady hand. Audio is very good through headphones, or you can plug in an old set of PC speakers for room-filling audio. Fine-tuning is very easy if you run through an antenna tuner and use a tuner for fine-tuning of CW and single sideband. The little rig works surprisingly well for what it is and receives 1.8 MHz to 20 MHz. Current draw is 500 microamps, so battery consumption is not a problem, and sensitivity is approximately 4 microvolts. Some shortwave stations don't even require an external antenna. It is a really fun receiver to build and only takes an hour to throw together. If anyone's interested in more details, feel free to contact me at vk2zyz at qsl.net. 7-3. Charlie's address again is vk2zyz at qsl.net. From Ingerman, Far North Queensland, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Perth, it can be heard on VK6RAP, 146.700 MHz at 9am local time. I'm Blake, VK6FBNZ. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. And a reminder that the Australian coordinator for TCPRP domains is Indy, VK2XB at wia.org.au. DSTAR VK1RWN. The CRARC report that they're waiting on licensing to be sorted out for VK1RWN. So in the meantime, the repeater is on test running 5 watts from Isabella Plains. If you have a D-Star radio, please feel free to have a go at using the repeater, remembering you have to register on the D-Star system to use the gateway. D-Star Hotspot. There is now a D-Star Hotspot running on 438.9 MHz from Isabella Plains. It's running approximately 25 watts into a Diamond X50 connected to reflector 3C. So there's plenty of stations to chat with during the day. So if you have a D-Star rig, just set your call signs to the following. Set my call to your own call sign and your call to CQCQCQ. And that will get you onto the reflector. But be aware that it's using CRARC's own call sign for gateway access. So please mind your P's and your Q's. Worldwide Special Interest Group, Females in Radio, YLNet, a group of South African whales under the leadership of Annette ZR6D are starting a whale net to get more whales involved with radio and talking over the airwaves. There are many whales with licences but never heard. 
For instance, many whales took part in the whale sprint, but only 10 sent in their logs. Now it's time for more to get involved. All whales are welcome. And if you have any interesting news or suggestions, then please call zr6d at ymail.com. Worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio, amateur radio operators in the flood-stricken area of Thailand are helping authorities to coordinate rescue and relief efforts, Thailand's Bangkok Post reports. An amateur radio coordinating centre using the call sign of HS3AN located at Provincial Hall has been working closely with government agencies relaying details about the emergency situation and explaining problems to officials and relief workers so appropriate action can be taken. November the 6th, it's BMSC's annual National Capital Rally or the NATCAP Rally. This event will have eight stages consisting of two stages in the Blewitz Green Hills area near Mount Stromlo and then three stages out of the Cowan Forest, each with those run twice. Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club need to support 13 field stations at least and four people in HQ over the day. At present, they have 10 people who have put up their hands. This event is the largest single source of financial income to the club now that the Rally of Canberra is no more, and so they need to make sure that they get enough people to support the event properly. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of WIA and the National News, this for week commencing October 31, 2010. As we mentioned... A very comprehensive field day report is available when you go to wia.org.au and if you go to a web address I'm about to give you, you'll hear the full audio report from Adrian and the balloon launch in full and that's on our history pages for the WIA but you'll find that when you go to wiaq.com and look for the history or the rewind pages. We'll see you next week. I'm Graham VK4 Double B. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1 WIA. We've reported. You decide.